Yo, Terrence, do you like sugar or not? Of course. I mean, sugar makes the world... Gr- no, no, no I'm, I'm kidding. Sugar is terrible for you. Like. It's, it's the start of the obesity epidemic in the world going forward for the next 100 years. Exactly. And do you like fresh stuff made from fresh produce, from great people from a great country? As long as you're not talking about the make America great again person. Hell no. I'm talking about German beverages made using German produce from German farms. And this is all made possible by the sponsor of this episode, Wolf and Wald, which is a beverage company that has just launched in Singapore, they sell sparkling apple juice and non-sparkling apple juice. We've tried them both and they're absolutely dope. And for all of you all listening, you can enjoy 30% off their website using the promo code YALABAT and Wolf and Val is gracious enough to extend it all the way till 2nd November so get your juice now. And still in the spirit of graciousness, they're also hosting a giveaway with YALABAT and all you need to do is to share this episode of the podcast on your Insta stories. Make sure you tag Ministry of Funny and Wolf and Val, all spelled W, eh? and you'll stand to win two bottles of pure apple juice. Two bottles of sparkling apple and six cans of street food lemonade. You have one week to enter and we will announce the winner two episodes from now. If you need more information, it's all in the show notes. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Why, are you checking your phone during our podcast, is it, Terrence? Checking phone? No, no, no. There was some strange sound. Oh, is it? I think... (laughs) I kicked, I kicked my water bottle or something. I'm operating <laughs> the corner. I'm operating in the corner of my bedroom, like, as you can tell. So but I don't have a lot of sound? space. It was what a water was bottle sound? just rolling on the floor. Oh, I thought I heard someone speaking. I don't know whether the listeners can actually hear it. You think they could have heard it? It sounded like someone speaking, but I don't think it is. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, this, what, well, this, is the, this is the weekend. Mm. Well, if you could describe the past week in one word, what would you say, uh, Terrence? Well, um, but... I think why don't you start first because for me it'll be all dad related stuff uh. just, just getting through getting through the now now I mean in the second month already of my newborn so it's a learning every day is a new learning curve for me man every day I'm like just starting from scratch just learning from scratch again yeah I think for me it's a it's a it's almost a bit numbing mm. yeah because it just feels like there's so much ridiculous stuff happening every week but in some way it's making other ridiculous stuff feel less ridiculous if you know what i mean like what ridiculous stuff i mean the like what we're going to talk about in the in the first uh topic which is uh the malaysian politics mm-hmm. um and then also i mean midweek there was the debate between trump and biden right which yeah. feels like it's a historical thing but also feels like it didn't it didn't change anything yeah. And I just don't know why I feel that way. I don't know whether people are all feeling that way because we're two weeks away from finding out the results of the election of the president of what is still the most powerful country in the world. Mm. And it just feels like, hmm, all right, cool. I don't know, is that just me? Yeah, no, I don't think so because actually I, I was quite excited to watch the debate. But then once it started, I, I kind of like, I just it just lost interest because like, it felt like, Two kids, uh, watching two school kids like quarreling, you know, in the playground, and then after that, I was like, oh, you know, uh, this doesn't add much to my life, and there's, there's only that much of Trump I but can then, take. It. But then, how how do you find the first debate between Trump and Biden? That one was quite. I guess it was shocking, because the the shock, the shock factor was there, and then the second one was postponed or delayed or cancelled because of you know his COVID nineteen situation. Then now this one is like. Oh, back to it again. So just wasn't no, that see, exciting. That, uh, yeah. No, see, that's the thing. That's the problem. The first one was so ridiculous that it made a normal debate that was more coherent, more, 
I felt covered more ground. Mm. Uh, it made it seem like what the fuck is this? It's so insignificant. Yeah. Doesn't that make you think like what the hell is going on? Like the first first one, I can't even remember what they talked about, but it was entertaining, like because it was like a comedy set. Yeah. Whereas the second one, yeah, it felt more more presidential. Maybe not as presidential as other debates in the past, but it just felt like our bench, our threshold is so low that that mm. you lose attention. Yeah, <laughs> like, the- I was struggling to watch it. Yeah, the only thing I think that that uh, where we made progress as as a human species is that we uncovered that uh, the secret to having a healthy debate is to switch on and off microphones at the appropriate <laughs> times. Yeah, we've dis- it took that long for us to figure out all these years of civilization. Uh. I know, like when the when the fucking moderator was saying that at the start, it blew my mind that here are two people who are potentially going to be the most powerful men in the world, and we had they had she had to tell them, okay, your mic will go on and off because you're you're fucking stupid enough to not stop talking when you have to stop talking, like. Yeah, it just yeah. blew my mind. So that feels like why I feel that numbing thing. Yeah, it just feels like in every aspect, you know, like everything. This world has been this this year has been so roller coaster y mm. um that it feels like yeah, anything that goes crazy, you feel like mm, okay, it's just another day. Yeah. I think that can be a good thing, but that's also scary to a certain extent. La. Yeah, yeah. Even I mean, even down to like your entertainment, like, oh, Liverpool lost seven two to uh some yeah, people. Oh, okay. No, all right, normal cool. <laughs> normal normal what? day in a crazy year, you know. <laughs> yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo has COVID. All right, okay, cool. Yeah, you yeah, know, just yeah. Uh, and like uh, like the UFC fighter Kab- uh, Khabib, he just retired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So you just see that you're like, okay, cool. You know, just twenty nine and oh, all right, mm. just cool, cool. Yeah. Yeah. God damn. But that that that, that we we should talk more about the the crazy stuff happening up north as yeah, well, up north. <laughs> uh, I mean, the the truth is we haven't spoken much about Malaysia since the last last time they had the very intricate Game of Thrones. Uh, thing yeah. that was happening, like, right? So this this piece of news was. I mean, uh, Malaysia has never felt more distant because of circuit breaker and and I mean all the lockdowns and everything. So you know, you you hear all those stories of people in woodlands waving to their family across the water. Yes, yeah. It's so it's yeah. so touching, uh, And and yeah. Then you realize, yeah, these are really our, they're, they're our neighbors, uh, But we really can't see them at all, uh, Yeah, but we yeah, can read I, about I, them in the news, lah. Uh, that's the thing. Uh. I think that might contribute to the numbing thing also because every country just feels so distant. You know, like, yeah. I don't know, like, if, if previously in the US elections or, like, even Malaysia, you would maybe know someone who just went there, came back, or this feels like the world is more connected. Lah. But, but yeah, Malaysia right now, I mean, when we were thinking about, talking about this, part of me was like, fuck, it's so complicated, why? But uh, the one of the most common themes of feedback we got from the last deep dive we did back in February, I believe, was that uh, I was talking through it, like, to... Uh, noobs trying to make sense of it helped other people make sense of it, which mm. was which was a nice thing to know. So that's what we are gonna try and do today, like, And of course, come up with our our own bit uh, bunch of conspiracy theories. Yeah, but before that, as always, we need as to, always we need to give our plug, which is yeah, especially I, because today, today, oh, yes, today yes. is significant. So yeah, so can you can you please please explain why today is extra significant? If you look in the show notes or the title. You re- re- you would realize that today is the hundredth episode of Yalabad. Woohoo! One hundred fucking episodes, man. Holy yeah. shit! That that means it's easily uh probably hundred and twenty hours of our time. I would estimate. Yeah. Maybe or hundred ten hours of our time that you and I have spent together, uh, talking to people and 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 interacting with this this awesome community, lah. Yeah, confirm more than 120 hours because oh, yeah, some yeah. of like the, you know, the deep dives with Shashwe, with Narelle, with yes, uh, yes, yes. the Singapore Social. So confirm more than 120 hours, which yep. 
is ridiculous. Like if someone wanted yeah. to apply like machine learning or AI and to our voices and our mm. thoughts, I'm pretty sure someone could come up with a bot that thinks like you and me, la, and which yeah. is also scary. La. And it, but it won't be a very complicated bot, la. quite simple. <laughs> yeah, like that's why. For me, uh, wake yeah. up. My bot would say something, your bot would shit on it. That's exactly, that's the, the core algorithm. Anything I say, yeah. anything my bot says, the Terrence bot will shit on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 can we can program it to to make it more ideal. Also, <laughs> la. I, was, I was gonna say that our, our bots probably be very fixated on different things. Eh. Probably, you know, like now I'm just all about a baby and and making sure he yeah. doesn't cry and all that. And yours is about you know, like I don't know, your morning vegetables and the usual routines, ah. Right. I thought, yeah, that's, that's actually something nice you said. I thought you were going to say something uh, that would annoy me even more. But yeah, th- thanks for thanks for maturing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, is, exactly. So, you know who the who the glass half full person is between us. <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> hey, but you're plugged. Like, hello. You just went halfway only. I didn't, we didn't say that I was going to do it. But anyway, yeah, like, uh, halfway. I was halfway through. But it is the 100th episode of a podcast. And I believe over this 100 episode, we've brought some value, some joy, some tears, some laughter. To some and some each and every one of you at some point or another, um, and if you could just do us a favor and just let one person, one person in your direct family, in your WhatsApp group, in your you know the uncle WhatsApp group that they send memes and nothing but that, but just send a link to this podcast and tell them maybe this might brighten your day just a little bit. If you could do that, yeah. that would be great help to us. Just one person. Yeah, just imagine us as a podcast Ponzi scheme. Mm-hmm. You know, we we sh- bring value to our listeners. And you bring value to the people that you try and make listeners, and it just carries on from there. Yeah, well, like those right. guys that are selling Amazon drop shipping on YouTube, lah. You know, yeah, I have, that's a, I have thirty <laughs> days. I will help you to double your <laughs> passive income. Yeah. But in the in over this past hundred episodes, I think now we uh we basically get uh I think we have gone past like two hundred and fifty thousand streams. I think and on average ten thousand downloads a week, which is mm. fucking dope. And we continue to grow, lah. So thank you all so much. And we have a a little something for our our beloved community of listeners in the second half of this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for now, the first topic we're going to talk about is the shit show that is Malaysian politics. Mm, yeah. So uh, so how do you wrap your head around it? Eh? Uh, I mean, actually, stuff hasn't moved that much since the last time we spoke about. Uh, you know, Mayudin became the Mayudin became the prime minister via a backdoor route la, where he yeah. managed to put together a coalition of not very willing supporters and then they you know they got the uh they somehow got the king to agree to Mahathir to dissolve the parliament and to appoint an interim PM being Mayudin la. so like mm. uh, with with claiming that he had the support of the majority and then after that Mahathir became opposition and <laughs> I, it's just it was just very messy and maybe we, we can reference back to that podcast where we talked about it. But the point yeah. is that since then, um, you know, I mean the world fell to shit, COVID and all that also happened and all. Um mm. so the but the government in Malaysia has been on particularly shaky ground. Uh. So yeah. uh what is the most recent development now that has us talking about them again? Okay, before that, uh I believe the PM's name is Muyidin. Not Mayudin. Ma, ma you can just change the <laughs> syllables like you wanna. You think all Malaysian politicians start with Ma, like Mahathir and Mayudin? It's Muhyiddin. Yeah, Muhyiddin. M U. Can you spell it? M U H Y I D D I N. M M U H. But unless you're one of those people. How do you spell? How do you pronounce M U D? Mood lah. Mood. Fuck you lah. 
current mood ah current mood i don't see no moo in yeah, his name my, man it's my it's my current mood no unless you want those people who goes to like samsung and orders chicken martabak no right you say mutabak right the r the r is different but now it's like muh Fuck you lah. but it's muh <laughs> I'm so thinking then M-A- more mud than so, Mu. <laughs> so, oh, now now Are all you, your inner prejudices are coming out. Uh. Team, team Malay PM must be. No, but Mahathir is spelled M-A-H. Yeah. Muhyiddin is M-U-H. You can't pronounce them the same way. What? One is Mahathir, one is Muhyiddin. It's not Mahathir and Mayudin. Well, why not Mayudin? Mayudin. 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 Because then why wouldn't his parents spell his name M-A-H? It's M-U. It's like names lah. You know, names nowadays, everyone like, there's different spellings of the same Nonsense pronunciation la. of names. Fuck lah, no lah. Get with the times, <laughs> man. Okay, but anyway, for the no. purposes of, of standardizing, I will, I will use Muyidin. Muyidin, okay. Yeah, Muyidin. Muyidin. So the reason why we are speaking about it today is because <clears throat> I think 2.30pm today, 25th of October, uh, the Council of Rulers in Malaysia are having an emergency meeting to determine whether or not the country would go into a state of emergency, which mm. is something that the PM himself pitched to the Agong, who is the, the, king. the elected king uh, yeah. on Friday. So, I mean... Is he an elected it, it feels, king? Yeah, he's elected by... Because every five years, the Agong is elected by the other Agongs. Oh, but that... that oh, okay, okay. But I mean, I, I'm trying to get a bit technical here, but I thought elected means like people vote and... Oh no no, elected by the by the other kings only. Oh elected by it's, the other it's kings. fucking weird, yeah. Okay, it's fucking okay. weird. Got it, like got it. everything about it feels like the Agung is very ceremonial, but, but he has yeah. the last say in everything. Like yeah. the appointment of the PM, the declaration of emergency, the revoking of emergency. So it just feels mm. like you know, like Singapore, okay, like the president is very ceremonial and the president has certain powers, but there's also now this new committee that oversees the president. It mm. just feels like the Agung is more a political tool than anything. Like. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's true. Uh, you're, 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 it's true that um, if if you if you're someone who doesn't really get a handle of what Malaysian politics is, is like, uh, or you come from a place like Singapore, uh, where it's a, um, you know, we we our political system is, is generally uh, not as mature, uh, right? So we're still trying to grapple with a lot of these different uh, institutions of power and all. Uh, but in Malaysia, it's uh, it's, it's more complicated, uh, And then it would, and and I think um. I have asked Malaysians before why 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 do they need to go to the king you know the agong to to ask for certain things but apparently it's it feels mm. like it's a it's a it's more than just a blessing whenever he you know a, a approves of decisions it's almost like a he's like the people's president kind of kind of feel that right like mm-hmm. like 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 people respect him so if you do something that he doesn't approve of it's a very it's a very bad thing for as a prime minister right yeah exactly. And so it just feels like, yeah, like, um, so the reason why it's interesting, because I knew that there was this talk of emergency. I saw it in the news. I have relatives mm-hmm. in KL who also pointed out that, okay, it's a political thing. But then when when we were talking about potential topics and we started reading up, yeah, it, it's like a series of events. Uh, you know, yeah. it's not just something like fucking emergency. And like, basically, Muhyiddin has been in power since February, right? Yep. <clears throat> and that's when, that's there was really some Game of Thrones shit there. But in the past few weeks, there've been a few developments la. Mm. like do you have a do you have a grasp of the main main developments uh broadly but but if you have them line up in front of you yeah so okay so just to set the context okay and correct me if i'm wrong because everything i've gleaned is just from my own noob uh social like uh political science research mm. um so mater yeah mater was a uh, was um 
he co-founded the Perikatan National with Muhyiddin. And this is in February. So, so when he resigned, then Muhyiddin was appointed by the king as the eighth prime minister of Malaysia. And like what you said, it was kind of like a backdoor thing. Uh. Mm. I think ultimately, there was some fucking shit. Then the king said he's going to interview all 222 people in parliament. Mm. And he decided that there's a majority support for Muhyiddin. So really, that the off the bat was a bad start. Yep. Then in recent times, um, 23rd September was when Anwar, mm. who is the head of the coalition um the opposition is, yeah opposition he he leads pakatan harapan mm. um and it's the uh no he's head of the party keadilan rakyat which is pkr mm-hmm. which is part of the coalition that uh, anwar leads lah yeah. so it's a coalition between pakatan harapan bersatu and the democratic action party no mm. oh my god sorry scratch that so anwar is the head of the coalition which is Pakatan Harapan, Democratic Action Party, and the Party Amana Negara. Mm-hmm. So he's opposition head lah. So he went. Uh, he said publicly that um, he has a strong, convincing, formidable majority to form a new government, and that mm-hmm. the government that Muhyiddin leads has collapsed. Mm-hmm. And then Amno uh, came out and said, you know, if our ministers want to support Anwar, you know, we can't stop. We can't stop them lah, which caused some backlash. Mm. Um, and then 26 September, the state by-election took place in Sabah, which mm-hmm. the PM's party won, which gave him a bit more street cred. But then mm-hmm. on 13th October, Anwar mm. got a royal audience, which mm. basically just means he's sitting down with the king talking cock. Lah. Yep, yep. Right? Correct. And he presented some sort of documents showing that Muhyiddin has lost his majority and that he should resign. And mm. apparently, according to press, it was like just more than 120 signatures and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then October 21st, the AMNO head who previously said you know he can't he can't stop his ministers from voting for anwar came out and said you know what maybe we should have a political ceasefire and you know focus on supporting the the pn government which is muhyiddin's mm-hmm. party mm-hmm. then 23rd um muhyiddin summoned the the cabinets uh, ministers like the senior ones and apparently mm-hmm. they were locked in a special meeting in the morning and then at 5 p.m on 23rd muhyiddin met the king for another royal audience and uh just talking about emergency lah So that's what that's <laughs> what I understand uh, happened. And at the end of the twenty third meeting with the king, the king apparently is going to meet the other kings today at two thirty p.m. to decide whether there's emergency or not, lah. Yeah. Uh, so that's the chronology from what I understand. Does anything sound like I got it like hugely wrong? Um, no, I I think yeah, just worth clarifying uh, with people. Anwar is, as we know, is the long-standing political opposition. Uh, from like you know the days of Mahathir when he was prime minister and everything, uh, and yeah. then subsequently you know like when there was uh, what was it called Bersatu, when when yeah. when Najib the supposedly allegedly corrupt one uh, MDB linked prime minister Najib was finally overthrown. Uh, it mm. was through a coalition between Mahathir and Anwar, and then but after that like um, you know Mahathir was supposed to hand over power to Anwar, but then. It uh, there seem to be some reservations about that, and then this backdoor entry to PM happened, and we didn't is is now the PM lah, and 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 the backdrop against the backdrop of the coronavirus, against the backdrop of COVID nineteen and multiple uh, movement control orders, which are lockdowns in Malaysia. Um, yeah. So there, there's just been so much activity going on in Malaysia, but but can we just uh. Step back and just understand what what does it mean to be to declare to declare an emergency uh, in the country. Okay, so 
what what I understand because every country has different uh constitutional rights mm. to declare an emergency and what happens in emergency. Yeah. And I think around the world this year, more countries probably have declared emergencies than ever before. Like, yeah. Um be- to to deal with the pandemic. Like. I saw but I saw in, a number on uh I mean the Star, which is Malaysian publication, they said uh, more than 80 countries have declared some sort of emergency to deal with the coronavirus and the failing economy in the past in the oh past shit. year la. yeah 80 countries yeah, more than 80 but that countries. was at the, that was at the at the peak la, right uh, um, I mean in the weather in the past or whether it's finished or what there's nothing la, but I think what they're saying is that uh, I mean it's not exclusive to Malaysia or anything la, having emergency I see I see yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so so from from what I understand uh, is the impact of an emergency in Malaysia based on their constitution? Basically, the the federal government can put through any policies they they want to, mm. as long as it can be justified to protect the citizens, la, And mm. it's to justify that it is in the in the best interest of the safety of its citizens. Yeah. So so one step that I didn't mention um, earlier is that um, there there's actually supposed to be the budget for 2021, which is to be presented to Parliament by Muhyiddin on November 6. Mm. And apparently, there's some talk that uh, that budget is not going to fly. Mm. So that's why people are saying, fuck, so then you put emergency now, you can you can impose anything you want. You can even um, not have uh, suffered the downsides of a shitty budget, which could mm. be a snap election or something. And yep. it can just be used to, to fatigue out all opposition. Because once you're given emergency... The government yeah, has has extra right to do stuff they could not do previously. They can pass new bills in parliament, mm-hmm. So, so that's what, that's what uh, I I understand like, And it can be only declared by the agong, and it can be stopped by the agong. Yeah, and, and to clarify, yeah. I think uh, what I've read also is that the declaration of an emergency is a is a very big deal la. It's a very basically a very grave situation where uh, basically there isn't time for to try and seek consensus and stuff like that on issues. So mm. uh, the last time it was invoked in Malaysia, I think was after the 1969 racial riots. Uh, uh, and, actually and 1977. Oh, what happened in 77? Yeah. So they've actually only been four times the emergency has been invoked in Malaysia. Mm. Uh, 1964, during the Indonesia-Malaysia confrontation. Mm. Nine, and that was nationwide. 1966 yep. in Sarawak. Mm. Where there was a political crisis involving uh someone's leadership as a chief minister, nineteen sixty nine following the May riots, mm. uh nineteen seventy seven. Okay, so nationwide the last time was nineteen sixty nine. Yeah, uh, but the last time it was declared anywhere was nineteen seventy seven in Kelantan mm. So that was also because of some political thing. Yeah. So I thought the emergency was declared much more recent, but fuck, yeah, it's been a long time since the emergency has been declared. Yeah. So so I think I think in in light of any kind of political social or economic upheaval uh, that's when uh, emergency uh, emergency will be declared uh. it's not something that uh, suka suka anyone like oh we our oh, economy is not doing well let's declare emergency and all that but the thing yeah. is that um, I mean I guess uh, maybe to some people you're thinking okay if so many countries have declared emergency already what's uh, what's such a big deal about Malaysia also doing it I mean after all COVID is getting quite bad I think the number of cases in October was like the the highest of, of any month in Malaysia, if I'm yeah. not wrong. So yeah. uh, there is a health crisis. La, so maybe there's a legitimate reason for him declaring the crisis, the, the emergency. Why Why is there so much backlash against that? Because, I mean, 
like okay, I think the way it the COVID and the pandemic has been held has been dealt with in Malaysia. Just looking from the outsider's view and consuming what um, I think a lot of Malaysians themselves mm-hmm. consume, which is media. And this is based on a lot of anecdotal evidence from my family there. Like, Your WhatsApp, uh, the WhatsApp conspiracy. The, the WhatsApp, <laughs> yeah, my, my WhatsApp informants. Um, yeah. Basically, the visibility of how many, how much testing is done every day and whether the numbers really sync up has always been a question mark. So, like what you said, it is true. In the past, right now, I think there are more than 24,000 cases of COVID, which is double the number a month ago. Uh, I think one big spike happened uh, was when there was the election in Sabah on 26 September. So that, of course, had a lot of people mingling and all, and there have been 10,000 new infections since then. And the for the past week, there have been 700 to 800 cases a day uh, in Malaysia, which is fucking high. Mm-hmm. And on Friday, the country recorded 10 deaths, the highest since the pandemic began. So mm-hmm. the reason why I bring up those stats is, okay, those are stats that are disclosed by the government, but there's always been this brewing sense of, okay, what the fuck really is going on? So with numbers like this, right, where there's already a, an underlying mis, like uh, like distrust of the government, it yep. just feels like that could be another political play like, to kind of give context to why an emergency makes sense now. So I think it's all just down to distrust of the government. Mm. So I mean, like like in Singapore, like uh, I mean, you could say that, yeah, like, maybe they are seeking a, a very clear and un undisputed mandate to have to make you know certain decisions about COVID-19 but I mean just just comparing what we did in Singapore was I think it was quite clear that they said okay we want a mandate to move forward to to tackle COVID-19 and effects on the economy let's call for election like uh, you know in the next one two months lah, mm-hmm. right so so that, that's what happened in Singapore and uh, although a lot of people complained about it and uh, or said that oh it's not very fair because it's in the middle of circuit breaker and all these things or it's in the middle of like phase, uh, was it phase phase 1 or phase 2 at that point in time I mean, phase mm. 2 already I think yeah but it was basically like um, yeah movement was still quite uh, restricted at that point in time and people were complaining about it but at the end of the day it was uh, it was we are, we also I think a lot of people also understood that you know it's it's true la, it's, we have to do it by a certain time and you kind of yeah. and to tackle COVID nineteen, you kind of have to, at some point sooner or later, you would have to have elections, uh, yeah. Was it the best decision? I don't know, lah. But it's definitely, I mean, it if, was great for our podcast. Yeah, it was great for our podcast. <laughs> but it was also, but compared to like, like calling for emergency and then like basically, uh, that postpones any kind of plans for the about voting in the new government or anything for at least six months, uh, right? So so yeah. it seems like a very uh. A very, very, very different kind of political manoeuvring. La. Yeah. And I mean, once you declare an emergency, if the economy goes to shit, mm. and as long as you can justify declaring an emergency, it's almost the circumstances of that are, you're, you're protected. La, because mm. if you can just convince people you're doing the emergency in the safety of the citizens, mm. then like anything that happens, if the economy tanks, you can be, yeah, of course there was an emergency. So it just feels like, holy shit. And, and I guess just looking at the Malaysian political situation, it's so fucking unstable, right? Even yeah. even now, Mahathir got kicked out by from Bersatu, like he left, mm-hmm. and then he left with five leaders who are now going to form their own party yeah. called Pajua or something, yeah. which is like warrior or something. And of course, Shamugam chimed in about the, the poem that Mahathir wrote to announce the name 
uh, of uh, yeah, the, yeah. the party. I think there were two lines that said when translated from Malay, it's like okay for to all the Malay countries around mm. us, are they even Malay? Then Shamugam a bit salty. Uh, he was like, hmm, I wonder what countries Mate is referring to. Yeah. But then then one of the party of five with Mate is now forming his own youth party. He's mm. apparently like some protege of Mate. Uh, Said Sadiq or something. Yep. So it just feels like there's so much going on. And just now when you mentioned Mahathir and Anwar, yeah, Mahathir was uh, like uh, one of the kingpins of throwing Anwar into jail previously. Then they came together to form a party. Then they left. Then Mahathir mm. formed a party with Muhyiddin. Then he left. Then Muhyiddin became prime minister. Then like fucking Mahathir, he's like his hobby is forming parties, man. He's <laughs> like, he brings new meaning to the, hey, let's go party, bro. Yeah, For him, yeah, he's like yeah. fucking 95 and he's still partying like crazy, but a totally different kind of party. La. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's quite amazing, like the, the 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 politicking that is going on in there. But I mean, you mentioned yeah. the thing about the yeah economy. I think that's one thing that um is 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 can explain why an emergency would be uh, not in the best interest of of the Malaysian people or what like, Because as with every country, the economy in Malaysia now is is suffering like, right because no visitors, you you know, less commerce and movement control and everything. Uh, calling for emergency, I think, would even destabilize the whole country even further. Where, where you know, definitely there'll be no more talk of like no possibility of opening up to visitors, business visitors, or, or travelers in the next six months. And, and you don't know what else can be enacted. Like what kind of laws can be enacted? Because you see, even in Singapore now, I mean, we we managed to get our so-called community cases a bit under control in the last uh one two months. Um, and mm. only then, now we are just starting to have discussions about travel bubbles for business and for for, for legitimate reasons, like with countries yeah. that have also seemed to con- con- control it well. Like. So can you imagine if like suddenly everything's upheaval and Singapore's in emergency again, then all that all that talk will go to shit. Like. So, I mean, you're literally seeing like, uh, yeah, like we said, those people in JB, they are standing there and waving at people, to people in their family who's stuck in Singapore for the last seven to eight months already. Uh, yeah. yeah and that, you can expect that to continue lor, if there's any kind of emergency declared. Lah. No, so it just feels like for a government that is uh, not the most stable, the pandemic actually can be a fucking powerful political tool, man. Because even yeah. in Singapore, right? Even in Singapore, uh, there was some talk like what you said when they called for the election mm. there was some talk brewing about hey shit why do they have to do it during the pandemic is yeah. it just using um, it as a political tool or like leverage for political stuff but to Singapore's credit I think now like last week the biggest challenge in Singapore was like hey fuck when the club's gonna open again mm. you know like whereas Malaysia they're going into fucking emergency it just feels yeah. like it's another another reenactment of when we we both split up from Malaya yeah. and then Singapore was like fuck it I'm gonna become first world man woo yeah, no, last Malaysia I, <laughs> I think I think you, you you forgot one thing also the, the big emergency in Singapore this week was where they, they launched the collection on the Trace Together tokens yeah, this- <laughs> to allow people to go to cinemas. So people ended up crowding to try and queue up for Trace Together tokens. Yeah. So it caused more crowding and then people like, oh shit, okay, can we not crowd for these Trace Together tokens? Yeah, so that's, that's the kind of the problems emergency. that we're, we're facing now. <laughs> and like, that's okay, our emergency. Too many people are mingling at restaurants, you know, like fucking mm. you, like, t- tables of five, you can't talk, okay, you guys can eat. Yeah, yeah. But in fucking Malaysia, they're going into emergency. So it just mm. feels like for a country like Singapore, when an election was run during the pandemic, there was already some talk like, fuck, this is a political do. For Malaysia, of course, people will talk like that. But in some way, it's hard to see past that as well. Like, because in yeah. in a country like that, where it's so big, where you 
there's already a partial lockdown in the main mm. cities. I think Kuala Lumpur, uh, I think in the state of Selangor generally. And yeah. then now if this is imposed, it's nationwide. It just feels like, holy shit, man. Yeah, and I think uh, people were also saying that uh, they already have the powers to do a lot of things that you need to do to fight COVID, lah, right? Whether it's yeah. lockdowns or anything. So, uh, I mean, the emergency side of things, declaring an emergency seems more like a a political thing rather than than really to give you powers to fight COVID or what lah. Yeah. So and yeah, like like the basically the the government will be able to do anything they want because the legislation and the judiciary can't do anything lah. So it just feels like, hmm. Uh. Yeah. And I mean, of course, this is a developing case. Uh, we are recording it on Sunday morning. Sunday yeah. afternoon, the rulers uh, would have convened and do don't know what the fuck the Council of Rulers do when they come together. I, I would just love to be involved in that sort of meetings. There's like nine of them. They sit around a table, I guess, and they just... Mm. Yeah. I, but you wouldn't understand, a, but will you understand what they're saying? Eh, my I know you took, I know you took Malay. La. I know you took Malay, but you always tell I me you, 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 I every time I ask you, can years, you explain okay? this thing? You're like, I don't know what is it. <laughs> I took Malay for 12 years, okay? Primary one yeah. to six, okay? I did well for my PSLE. Secondary school, I started off with higher Malay. And then when I started to have to summarize newspaper articles, I was like, what the fuck is this? Then I went back to normal Malay. Then since then, it's been a steady but slow decline of my Malay skills, la, oh, okay, uh, okay. Malay language skills. But I can still understand. And okay, now we're okay. fucking Google Translate and Transcription. You just take me away from the damn point, no? <laughs> All I said, I want to be a fly on the wall in this kind of meetings between council of rulers because by the time you listen to this podcast, who knows? Maybe Malaysia might already be in emergency. Or so new, new prime minister. Maybe yeah. new prime minister. It's, it's possible. <laughs> it may, it's possible that the king could just say, fuck this shit, you know, I'm appointing a new interim PM and, yeah. and, and all that, la, right? Exactly, the council of rulers come out and like, all of you all fuck off, okay? We're going to do as our name suggests. We're going to rule this fucking country. Yeah, and yeah. if they do that, like, wow, fuck. So, I guess if you're listening to this and there's already been some developments, emergency has been declared, whatnot, you can listen to this for context, la, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is something we should have said earlier. But, yeah, by the time but, this comes out. Yeah, we, we'll wait and see. La. But I think primarily it's just, um, how, how do you think this would affect the everyday person just being in Singapore? Staying in Singapore? I don't think it'll affect... How, how you might. I, okay, so I think in the past, I've always overestimated how much Singaporeans care about what happens in Malaysia or how much people care to the extent that they worry about their own circumstances. Uh. Mm. So I think, honestly, if whatever shit happens now more than ever when there's really a divide, a geographical divide, yeah, life in Singapore is not going to change much, man. People yeah. might, while they're out, they'll be like, oh, okay, while they're queuing for their trace together things, you know, they'll be like, oh, Emergency in Malaysia. Okay, lor. Mm. What to have for dinner tonight? That would be their train of thought. Yeah. But I, I, I can, I can sort of see where, uh, because I, I was also involved in, 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 uh, panicking about situation in Malaysia as well. In the last few mm. months, when my, you know, my baby was on the way, and finding mm. a confinement nanny from Malaysia was like, uh, it was basically a gamble, uh. You don't know, you know, in six months' time, what's the situation going to be? Uh, will Malaysians be allowed to enter Singapore? Blah blah. And uh, initially it was quite it was quite bad like you know the movement control orders and everything, but you know towards you know towards the delivery of my 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 baby and all, um yeah things seemed to be easing up a little bit. There was talk mm. of like you know Johor trying to open up to for commerce with Singapore and stuff like that, um mm. but if an emergency comes in, then I think the door might be, my the doors might all get yeah, shut man. again Because I mean yeah. literally like. I, I talked to confinement nannies who have been working non-stop in Singapore since like last December. 
Like they've been just taking one job after another because they can't, they basically can't go back to Malaysia either. Or, or if mm. they, they know if they go back to Malaysia, they can't come back to work in Singapore already. La. So that yeah. to them, it's like they, you know, I won't see my family for like the next whatever months. I'll just keep uh, working in Singapore, find a place to live, make sure I, you know, I got a roof over my head and just keep, keep on, keep this, uh, this very delicate dance going on. La. So it's kind of a, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Malaysians, I think, who are in this situation in Singapore. They have not seen family. They're mm. stuck here. If they go back, they lose their job. They stay here. They don't see their family. So, yeah, it's rough. La. And then if you hear like, oh, another six months, you know, that, that this is going to be, it's it's definitely very tough for them. La. Because there has been a green lane that has been established in Malaysia, right? So, mm. people can go to and from Malaysia, correct? Yeah, yeah. I think for... For so called for for real legit reasons like work lah like working for, for mm. like as nannies and stuff like that as well. So I guess yeah, yeah la, like, I mean I was just giving a context of the the majority of Singaporeans definitely like most uh, things in this pandemic some people will be impacted more yeah. than most but I think generally people will be like okay well, Malaysia what else to expect apart from sh- like shit politics like yeah 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 so right, right. whether or not there's real repercussions I don't know man now like I said every, every, I don't know I think people are just getting numb to shit that's happening um, <laughs> which is why like I mean I think there was this recent thing also the, the glamping the, the super atas glamping experience in Singapore mm. that was mm. going for $450 sold out in 6 minutes Oh really? Yeah. Where where is it? Uh? East Coast Park. At Kampung at Kampung Glam. Oh Kampung Glam, uh, literally. Yeah, Kampung it was glam, glamping uh. at Glam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kampung Kampung Glam. Yeah. Yeah. So so I think people are are just like, yeah. I I think everyone is kind of like dulled senses and all mm, that. Mm, Something shit crazy happens. You're like oh okay. Something yeah. amazing happens. You're like oh okay cool. So so yeah man. Who yeah. knows what's gonna happen by the end of today? But if you're from Malaysia and you and you have a better feel of what's going on the ground. Feel free to let us know in the Reddit because I think it's it's very interesting for us to yeah it's interesting yeah. for us to just really hear from people on the ground and not just keep seeing memes on WhatsApp about Mahathir or Anwar and all that right yes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so so that's that's our our recap of what the hell's been going on up north yeah and, and we there's don't no mean need Yishun. yeah no need for a big segue to our next topic because it's actually not a news topic that we're going to be talking about right. Yeah. Well, what is it? Uh, what, what are we going to do in light of our 100th episode of Yalabad? I think the one thing that both Terrence and I have realized is that we've been creating content for a long time on YouTube, Facebook, um, and of course, by extension, Instagram. And while we have gotten like thousands of comments over the years, it's always felt like it was very video specific and the topics were more like, just the, the comments were just reacting specifically to the video uh, and, and of course, for the more socially targeted videos that, that talked about controversial topics, there was more discussion, but never before have we had a community disengage. Mm. As you know, this, this, oh. fuck, yeah, this, T-H-I-S, engage, <laughs> not disengage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a double entendre. Dis- you're, like, you're, you're yeah, a rapper, right. man. You're a natural rapper. I'm a fucking <laughs> rapper, man. I'm a wordsmith. Yeah. yeah, this engage. So we just thought that we would like, um, just like how we have done uh, episodes in the past, kind of retrospective episodes, thinking about stuff that relating to a certain topic that made us think. We thought we would just go through some of the the highlights in this this Yalabad journey that made us think or kind of opened our eyes to something and mm. yeah, and just things that made us feel something inside. Yep. 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 So 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 what what's the what's the first thing? 
that that you thought of uh, or you that you managed to dig out from your inner psyche no, I was trying to think back to like the first time we did the podcast and and even listening to a little bit of it and how almost apologetic we sounded about you know not knowing certain uh, not knowing a lot uh, enough about a certain topic that we're talking about and and all uh, but then mm. over time I realized like you know that's that's basically life la, right you get through it and a lot of times you there's a lot of gray areas much more than you imagine uh, life isn't very black and white isn't that simple and black and white and all so there's a lot of gray areas that you do need to just uh, think about and talk about and just try and get through la. and even if you don't have a final you know you don't have a solution for whatever you're talking about right even just but just that discussion itself helps uh, both your own understanding and other people's understanding of you and all because I, I think all along I've always like <clears throat> oh you've got I always believe like oh you've got nothing good to say don't say it la, you know or, or, or like mm. if you've got no solution you know don't 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 try and don't try and speak up and all that kind of thing Because that's a lot of what we hear in schools and 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 or sometimes in meetings and things like that la. But but over time I realize sometimes it's just about even if you don't know what is going on or what it's good to just inform, uh, you know, tell people actually I really have no interest or no no idea what you guys are talking about and maybe is there a way to you know package it better or tell me explain it to me better la. And mm. that's something I, I I I've I think over the these hundred episodes I've learned that there is some value in just dissecting your own feelings, your own thoughts about something, and and trying to explain to someone, and also hearing someone's explanation of it to to yourself, lah. But we did get some people telling us that we shouldn't be that apologetic, right? Because at yeah, the correct, start, correct. I think we we used to say, what do we used to say? Eh? Like we used to say, okay, uh, you know, we are even coming down to the segues or. Yeah. Or coming down, always prefacing every opinion we give. We're like, okay, this is just our thing, you know. Mm. And 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 we did get some feedback saying, why are you all apologetic about this? You know, like just mm. we're listening to you guys because they they want to hear our opinions, which also yeah. is like, hmm, that's interesting. But but looking back, would you have done it differently? Uh, no, no, no. I think I think these kind of things it takes time, lah. And and you can't. Yeah. It takes time to develop, and and I mean, not not all of us are like you know we don't walk into rooms full of people and just be able to just talk eloquently about, uh, you know, in big topics like politics, philosophy, all these kind of things. There are some people mm. who can do that. And then, you know, we, we have friends or that who who literally like, they're the types that they don't study for exam, like a statistics exam. They walk in and then they score straight A's and you're like, what the fuck? I just studied for like the whole week and I couldn't, I didn't even get like half of what you got. Lah. So there are people who are naturally gifted at things like that. Lah. And and uh, the, the interesting f- thing for me is like, yeah, lah, actually then I realized like, yeah, lah, it's, but but discussion and and discourse is not exclusive to people like that lah. You know, it's mm. everyone mm. should have a, a voice and even on a, that's why I mean I find our Reddit such a fascinating community lah. Because people are able to you know say what they feel and think even even touchy even with very touchy topics as well lah. So you saying that uh, I also can't go into a room and talk talk about something that I don't know about lah. No no no! I'm saying that not everyone's like you at that lah. <laughs> Where you walk That's the room exactly, yeah, and then correct, you, correct. Like, you don't know anything about something but you just correct. talk and like use your eyes and your hands and hey, oh correct, my god correct. everything in it, everything is superlative oh my god it's the craziest thing I ever saw oh my yeah, god correct. I put my hand on the car it's, that's the craziest correct, thing I ever yeah. did I went to Iceland and then I ran this <laughs> ultra marathon oh my god and then I got caught yeah. everything is superlative <laughs> when it comes to you, <laughs> you must, it's always like 
you're very American that way. It's like you do things not just for your own experience, but to just to be able to tell a story to people. Right. Correct. That's exactly right. what yeah. I needed to hear. We can end the podcast yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, no, correct, you want to talk to, to Harish? You always, always bring up like uh, how long you can stand without eating or, or peeing. How, yeah, then no, talk no, about Subaru. going Iceland, or how <laughs> running ultra marathon, or talk about you know like how you like you know do ex- very extreme things and kind of thing. Then, then, then raw like, vegetables, raw vegetables, yeah, raw vegetables, in the vegetables yeah. yeah. And so how I you hate Arsenal, everything. You yeah, must correct. hate. You cannot just don't like or don't like to do something. You must hate everything. <laughs> I hate karaoke. I hate anything that people have fun doing. I hate anything that's popular. Then you like yeah, the, you'll be the, the highlight of the conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Correct. I have this arsenal of things I always want to talk about, which can mm-hmm. be inferred and and segued from anything in the world. No, mm-hmm. but in all honesty, I think if even if you ask me, would we have done things differently? Yeah, I don't think so. I think the way because I don't know, I don't know for you, Terence, but I'm kind of sick of seeing online people. You know, just like just showing like everything that is fucking awesome and smooth and all that. And mm. just like how we started on YouTube where our first video objectively wasn't the best video. I think it mm. just showed, okay, like, we, we started from somewhere and then we gradually improved. Like. So yep. as much as like, when I listen or see our old videos, I'm like, mm, I cringe a bit. But to me, it's like it's part of the process. Like. And I think yep. Yep. Um, yep. more people should show stuff that is part of the process when they were shit or mm. not, not as a, not as, like the, the path to improvement. Like. And hopefully mm. we have improved since then. Like. Correct, correct. Yeah. yeah. That's one that's one thing that I did learn. How about you? What is yeah. your one revelation? Uh I mean I think just the um, the fact that I think the first time it dawned upon me that oh shit, we we have uh, a very engaged community is okay, because comments we have got for for a, a, a long time on our videos, maybe not as in depth and all. Uh the podcast the, the comments we've been getting on podcasts are fucking awesome. Uh but when we started getting fan art and like memes and all that right there was when I was like oh shit this is fucking mm. cool man mm. um and because yeah like uh like uh the text I think is a is a is a format that people have always seen for a long time articles we kind of grew up with that right but the the visual thing is it feels like it's like a it's like a next level la. so mm-hmm. so I mean there have been users that have created stuff for us just to give them a uh few shout outs like I think it started off with big sloth boy uh, Hayata S with the Photoshop memes, but then Ho who created a Reddit account just to comment on on our subreddit and created one meme, if I'm not wrong, at least. And Ice Dear, Iced Earl Grey Latte. So mm. they did they did fan art, and I mean, yeah, just just looking at that, I'm like, oh shit, this is this is pretty cool, uh, because like I think we have mentioned this before, right? The one advice people give wannabe podcasters is don't think that the conversation between you and your friend is interesting enough for people to want to listen la. Mm-hmm. Um, I think and these are the kind of conversations that Terrence and I used to have over lunch like pretty yeah. much every yeah. day um, and I think it helped that we had been in media for a while so we figured okay let's let's give it a shot and to see it grow like this uh, and for people to create content in response to our content fucking blew my mind yeah correct correct I mean the, the yeah. I, I will shout out to like Jungle Jimbo eighty eight, for example, I think he, if you go to our subreddit, like he helps to pull up a lot of articles and a lot, a lot of breaking news and everything for us as well. So, so in yeah. that way, we you know it, the community also keeps us like informed about what's going on or is there something interesting to talk about and things like that. And we can't talk about yeah. every single thing sometimes, but but I really appreciate like the community like uh being so active that way lah. 
Yeah, we have some like oh, like superstar redditors who comment a lot. Uh, accidental jurists as well, always mm-hmm. giving us enlightening thoughts. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Verita CHW, who was the the listener who first told us to start a subreddit mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I had I had kind of use Reddit in the past uh, and I think for you also as a browser but when yep. she suggested that and she offered to create it for us and to see it grow like holy shit man like I've, the whole Reddit universe has, has blown my mind uh. yeah. and of course we have other commenters who are very active uh, mm. Man, Mano Official uh, Hot Garbage Comics mm. um, and and yeah like thank you all so much for being so engaged uh. Yeah. of course sometimes we might get your gender wrong uh, because it's hard to <laughs> hard to tell just from your name uh, so pardon us if we do. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but yeah. So know how to, to how to solve that problem? That means every he he oh, okay. Must must state your gender pronoun and everything at the start. Yeah, be of like a post, huh? yeah, be like a workers party uh, uh candidate. Uh, must always put in your Twitter bio cis trans something something. Oh, uh, is it? No wait, cis fuck cis like he he she or something or something. There's something about uh the way they put themselves on Twitter. That they clarify that lah. Oh, is it? Is that is that something they do now? The workers' party candidates. Uh, he his he his he his. Oh, okay. So okay. they'll put he his she he she yep. she her and stuff like that lah. But uh, basically, they put pronouns. They pronouns lah. What what pronouns yeah, pronoun, they like gender to be pronouns, Yeah, gender pronouns. God, it, interesting, interesting. Correct. So oh. that was one one realization. Yeah, and uh, so my second one, I think, is. Uh, yeah, like related to all these things we're talking about, uh, issues of identity. So, talking to like, um, I mean, we've had some contentious podcasts in the last couple of months, like, right? Whether it's the, over the mm. Xiaxue saga, the Xiaxue Raisha Khan saga, and then having the Real King on board. Uh, and the, I mean, the, the trio of podcasts we did with, um, uh, I mean, the Christian groups who that were, you know, addressing addressing the LGBTQ issues in different ways. Uh, like True Love Is and then the Free Community Church and then also someone from the LGBTQ community, uh, Sean as well. So, so it was just, um, you know, for us, it was just conversations that we were getting with each of them individually. And uh, mm. what I realized is that, uh, yeah, these were conversations that were, if it wasn't facilitated by somebody, right, like it would be very hard to get all these individuals together in a room. La. I mean, I'm sure it's happened before, but maybe because of the fact that we can sort of be like a, a clueless bystander and just be asking questions of each of them, right? It helps mm. It helps them to also articulate the, the positions because what I heard some feedback after those podcasts is that there have been steps by these groups to individually outside of the podcast meet up and talk already and mm. and in, and also to to rope in other members of the, of the different communities to actually come together and have dinner and just talk so the podcast really was for them a, a starting point la, where it happened oh sorry baby baby coming in a slight short baby interruption <laughs> but yeah um, the the truth is that the podcast has, has was a starting block for them la. so it might the podcast might not be the be all and all that we all hope it is where everything gets resolved and everyone goes home happy but uh, it really has managed to facilitate conversation in the real world between some of these groups. Uh, and and uh, I mean, I don't want to pat ourselves on the back and all that. Like, because all we do is just ask questions and, and and we're interested in these topics. So for us, we learn a lot as well. But to see that people carry on that spirit outside of the podcast, that's fantastic. Uh. Mm, mm, mm. I think on, on that note about just 
creating conversations, which is a buzz phrase that uh, everyone has heard about. Uh, one big realization for me, which, okay, I know you're going to want to shit on it on the first statement, uh-huh. but just give it some time to breathe, is that I really fucking like talking. <laughs> oh. No, I'm not going to shit on it. <laughs> is it? Is no, that, fuck you. Is that, okay, is fuck that it. just a no, new no. revelation? Is it a <laughs> no, new revelation? No, see, see, I, I was setting the context because I think <laughs> there's something about just talking uh, uh-huh. through your thoughts with someone else and just airing it out, which not just for me, I think it's uh, it's something that more people should do. Uh, and I think, mm-hmm. for, I mean, for me, like, yeah, okay, I, 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 I can't say I've always liked talking. There have been periods in my life where I was shyer or maybe like maybe self-esteem, not the best and all that. And now, okay, I would say generally I'm a fairly talkative person, but I can say like just recording this podcast, exchanging views and um, just airing my thoughts for some reason in my head I don't know it just makes me feel better and I do think that it is a thing that most people will also feel uh, if they have someone that they can have a good conversation with la. so so the mm. reason why I mm. said that as a context is that maybe like you know it's something I've, re- I've experienced in my own relationship with my girlfriend or with friends or with family it's like sometimes just talking things out help uh, mm. and I think that's why psychiatrists can charge so much shit just by um, okay not to shit on their profession but there's something I think visceral about talking through your thoughts that helps mm. you kind of just whether it's clearing your mind whether articulate whether it's just crystallizing your thoughts I think that helps a lot like, and, and in some way our community sharing their thoughts via text hopefully it does the same for them so and i think that's why industry-wide the the whole audio space is booming because there's something about listening to thoughts and airing it through voice that i think is very primal because if you Mm. think about it right i read this one thing uh not not too long ago which fucking blew my mind is it you know there's the reason why the audio space is booming is because as a skill set as something that humans do we've been listening and talking for a lot fucking longer than writing and reading Which is fucking true, right? If you think about like fifty thousand years ago, sixty thousand years ago, whether we came from primates or whatever you believe, we started off with some sort of audio means of communication, like which Mm. you you communicate that way, you listen that way, and you understand. And writing only came in like how many how many thousand years ago? So there's something there's something there that maybe maybe we understand things better. Maybe like what we have spoken before, the audio experience has a lot more emotion and all in it. So so yeah, I think for for there was just something that I find quite surprising. Even though we've been mm. con- creating content for so long, just talking through stuff yeah. is quite quite revolutionary for me. Yeah, and as a good example, I think someone on our Reddit uh, was very sheepish about posting this, but he posted something. Oh, I want to talk about the issue of uh, using porn, right? Because he, he said that uh, the use of porn and I mean, the making of porn and everything seems to be very uh, skewed against against women, la, where there's, there's a lot of abuse and everything going on and things like that. La. So uh, he started that thread on the Reddit and I think a lot of people, he said he wasn't even sure if this was the right place to talk about it, but he just wanted to see what opinions were and also to like uh, ask like about, I think your specific opinions about porn and stuff like that. So mm. a lot of people jumped in and the conversation was really quite interesting to read la, about what people's thoughts about the porn industry were whether in America or Japan and and the use of porn whether it should be something that we encourage versus you know clamp down on and all so so it was just a this kind of things like 
uh, even if you're not very sure, just just putting out there to talk about it and to get opinions about it, I think it helps to inform your opinions a lot more as well, right? Yeah. And I think if you you keep uh, you keep hearing stuff about you know journaling and writing down your thoughts. Mm. I think there's something to it. I don't I don't know whether there's any science that has proven it, but but yeah, I think anyone who is finding like in a confused in a confused state or dull state or just floating around, which I've definitely felt this past year, mm. just putting it down. Like I I as much as we write uh, TV shows and all that, I don't like the process of writing. But mm. I think the process of talking through stuff has been quite eye-opening for me so maybe even if you're just recording yourself talking to your phone just to get it out there it might be worth trying like because yeah like and no matter what my mood is before we start recording a podcast um after that i always feel better like and this is even with terence shitting on a lot of my the stuff i say like so if he was nicer and more gracious i would be even in a more better mood (laughs) well i mean that's why that's why i mean uh you know i've i mean someone i think someone once said is Kudos to Terence for being able to stand this mercurial <laughs> ranting from <laughs> Haresh. Uh. So I mean, I'll just rest my case there. I don't even need to explain more about. Now the you're pain, becoming like Trump. Pain, yeah, you know, pain. someone said I'm awesome. People have said I'm awesome. <laughs> no, you don't give me a name. You don't give me a timestamp. Doesn't. This is not true, man. Never happened. It's okay. It's okay. But but yeah, I mean, um, but just going to the the what you're talking about, the act of listening. I think one of the the big things that in the last just in the last couple of weeks that I've I figured out from. The comments coming in or so is like uh someone <clears throat> one of our listeners mentioned on Instagram that <clears throat> she and I think she or he and her dad, he and his dad, I'm not very sure it's a he or she. Uh, this person this listener and the dad are big fans of our podcast. And um, you know, even when the the dad fell sick recently, uh and had to have treatment in the hospital, they would actually listen to our podcast together. I don't know whether they play loud loud on speaker or maybe they're just you know sharing headphones or something like that. Uh because the you know, they would they needed he the dad needed to spend some time, you know, every now and then in the hospital. Uh, probably I don't know, maybe sitting in a machine or something like that, getting getting medicine or treatment. And uh yeah, this helped them to, you know, spend that time that wasn't, you know, typically going to hospital is not the most fun experience. And then especially when you're accompanying a relative there, you know, it can be quite a no, not the happiest experience as well, but mm. being mm. able to listen to the podcast while doing that, you know, uh, it, it does, it's like a bonding time for people. And I felt, oh, wow, shit, that uh, uh, it, it's, it's, it wasn't something that I actually thought people did. Because a lot of times when I tell people, oh, I do podcasting, they're like, they're like, oh, you know, but who listens to podcasts? I mean, like, I do. Or I understand YouTube videos, lah. But podcasts, really, like, who, who, you know? And I, I, I totally get it, lah. They're not being assholes or anything. They just don't understand the power of the medium, lah. But the kind of messages mm. that we get, you know, like that, uh, where people say they're listening it as a family, um, you know, during uh, when when they are just trying to getting medication, they don't want to be like watching loud television or anything like that. Um, there's there's also examples of people like, oh, you know, I. I work on a ship or there's offshore most of the time and, you know, this helps me stay in touch with Singapore for, you know, an hour or two at a time. Um, all these uh, various examples are people saying that while they're studying, they're listening to us. So we actually realize, oh, we have people taking exams who are listening to us as well. Um, and, and and obviously, like also even people like uh, they're listening to it while trying to, you know, calm their crying newborn down, which I totally understand right now that whole context of things. Uh. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, it's just it's just very like, like what you said, uh, the audio experience of listening to people talking all is, you know, last time in, when we were in, I don't know, primary school or secondary school, 
you would go to your friend's house to hang out and then you would like watch TV or or maybe play video games and then but then actually the fun part wasn't so much the actual video game itself. It was the actually like getting together with your friends and like talking shit to each other and like just like, mm. you know just just talking to each other lah. Which I think in today's world, especially with COVID, you have very little of that where actual physical like interaction and talking about your day and things like that with your friends are. So so this this is like I think this is a version of that. It's a bit like the watching someone play a video game and then listening to them talk, but. This is about two people talking about news and current affairs, uh, which will uh, impact you more. So, so that's why I feel like okay, that, that there is a place for what we're doing in a lot mm. of people's. Uh, no, no matter what you're doing, like, and I mean, even our, our, you know, the sponsor for this podcast, uh, Wolf and Val. I mean, the, she's also someone in Germany and everything, and 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 you know, she's also trying to keep close to Singapore. Um, via listening to things like our podcast la. and I, I just I, I think that's amazing because it's like Germany just feels like so far away right now like I don't know when I'll ever get to go back to Germany and visit again but like this is how we all can stay in touch and close to each other la. and that's why you should get Wolf and Val beverages because <laughs> they bring the world together <laughs> Hashtag I just had to, SP. I just had to. <laughs> yeah, hashtag SP. Sponsored post. <laughs> no, but, but on no, that but note... The, yeah, 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 yeah. Correct. Do but I? anyway, yeah, so that was my last big revelation la, in the last couple of yeah. weeks. Yeah. I mean, and on that note also, like the, the last thing I wanted to say is that just like what Terrence has said about how, okay, there's this community. And at first, even when we were thinking about talking about these sort of things because our approach on YouTube, Facebook has always been okay, two to three minute videos, let's just focus on the content, uh, get people laughing uh, and it's not about us, it's about the content but the podcast for the first time, it feels like okay, people are listening to us because they 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 enjoy or there's something about this conversation which really means a lot to us. Like. So, so when we were doing this, we just felt okay, let's just really kind of say a big thank you to our community and also... Mm. Like, I mean, think about, okay, like, we have this podcast, we do it twice a week, Um, we we will continue to do it. Of course, this year has not been easy for a lot of people, uh, including us for media. Uh, there's stuff with the with our TV show and the liquidation process there, which we can't talk about much right now. Uh, media came to a standstill, uh, and in some way, that's why the podcast medium has been quite a revelation, like, because it's a lot easier to produce, people are consuming it in different ways, and it's opening doors for many things like and we it is on our minds to think okay what what can we do next with this podcast how can we um um kind of like okay like what what else can we do we do a podcast mm. twice a week about current affairs but we know some of you have mentioned that oh you know we might be able to do movie reviews or, or something like that. we are still wrapping our heads around it we do want to grow this uh we are toying with the idea of scripted podcasts and all that so there's a lot of stuff in the works and and the main reason we want to do this is because we know that we have a community that enjoys this shit. Um, mm. and, and I mean, this also got started by someone mentioning, suggesting that we start a Patreon because they, are, they want to contribute to, to, to the podcast. Uh, and in some way, kind of, uh, like kind of show their appreciation uh, with some, with some kachings. Uh, so for for me also that meant a lot because holy shit people are now wanting to support us. We actually tried going down the Patreon route a few years ago on YouTube, but thankfully mm. we were getting branded gigs and and we just wanted to create content uh, for our community the way it used to be created. Like. But then now if people are, are are that that keen to support us, we just also want to make sure that we bring 
something that is of value. So so we do we are talking about certain things. We will maybe at some point talk about it on this podcast and and maybe even if it's more I mean, I'm sure you guys would also be up for doing like quick surveys. Maybe we can we can just figure out how how else to grow this this thing la. and like the order this this podcast will never change. We will always keep doing stuff about current affairs and and keeping things unfiltered. But we do want to do more with it. And all we want to let you know is that there's stuff that that we are kind of uh thinking about la. Mm, right. Yeah. Correct, correct, correct. And how to how to grow this this little seedling that is still finding its roots, la. Yeah. But uh definitely, yeah, like like Harish said, thank you all for the hundred episodes in, in, uh, inspiring us to do this 100 episodes uh. I think that yeah, it, it sh- we cannot we cannot uh, understate uh, is that the correct word yeah we I, I will understate how how important the, your feedback and your participation is to us like in continuing to do this yeah man and like just knowing that holy shit people are listening to what we have to say which is fucking dope yeah right correct so so then I mean that's kind of a like a do you have a one shot thing of course, I have a one shot thing. We always have a one shot thing. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, because yeah, I was thinking maybe that. Okay, that then then yeah. But I guess to 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 cap off what what we were saying is that uh yeah those were some things we realized uh thank you all so much for listening. We're not gonna stop mm. this anytime soon. So yeah. just uh and we will kind of bounce some ideas off of y'all at some point mm. But in the meantime, on to the one shot thing. Yeah, what, and what's What's your one shock thing for the week, Terrence? Uh, I think you briefly mentioned it just now, but uh, yeah, this year uh, we, I I've managed to in a lot of sports like uh, in a very strange year where where sports have been very haltingly uh, played uh, You managed to mm. see Nadal, for example, equal Roger Federer's uh, Grand Slam records of, of twenty Grand Slams. Uh, and uh, even though like yeah, like, thirteen of them on on clay versus like on other other hard surfaces or other other courts it's still a, quite an achievement um, then you've seen LeBron James uh, you know win his third uh, NBA title with his with a third different team uh, and although he's lost like six NBA finals before uh, it's it's, um, it's just interesting to think about you know like the what does it mean to be what does it mean to be the greatest of all time la? and and you know like uh and the, even with the Jordan the whole Jordan documentaries and everything in fact that made me think more about Jordan Michael whether you want someone like Michael Jordan as a you know as a teammate versus someone like LeBron James as a teammate la. just just because mm. of the different ways they approach the game um yeah so the in the same fashion like in the UFC as well i think we've come to a realization that maybe we are we have seen the the greatest of all time come and and now has gone la in Habib Habib the Magomedov la. Um, I mean mm. he's the twenty nine and oh that's his, his mixed martial arts record. And then the UFC is thirteen I mean thirteen wins, no losses and he has destroyed everyone as that UFC has thrown in his way, la, whether it's Conor McGregor or Dustin Poirier and then the, most recently just this morning was Justin Gaethje eh? So it was mm. another classic Khabib, uh kind of fight where uh, he basically just put so much pressure on the other fighter that, and then after that got them to the ground and then dominated them and submitted them. So a very classic Khabib kind of thing. And I think just the realization that maybe this, and then, and then after the fight, he retired. So I think it's, it's dawning a lot of people now, maybe there is the, is 
you know, this is the best we will ever see and we have we are very privileged to witness it. Lah. So whether or not you agree that he's one of the greatest of all time, I think it's just a privilege that even in this crazy corona times we're able to see, you know, uh performance from from athletes at this high level. Lah. And and, but, and it's quite a blessed thing. Lah. What do you but, say? But he, there was also that, that personal uh thing about his his dad and trainer passing away in July, right? Did, did that yeah, have yeah. anything to, to yeah, contribute? Yeah, because his his dad has always been his his uh like coach and trainer and 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 basically a very big figure in his life, lah. So for mm. uh for his dad, like uh his dad apparently got died from COVID and complications from COVID and all. So and after that, we didn't even know whether he would continue fighting. But I think he he just said he wanted to do one more, and uh, he he never said it, but. Uh, the plan was just to do one more and then after that finish. Uh. So, mm. and today we saw the, the fruition of that uh, where he, sorry, uh, baby is, I think baby is very sad about Khabib also retiring. No, it's so, it's so, it's so, it's so in some way poetic also. Here we are talking about someone who was very attached to his dad. Yeah. And now, you, as a dad, are yeah. in the presence of your son crying f- for you. No, he's not crying for me, lah. I mean, he's he's okay. more attached to his mum. Dude, don't ruin fine. the moment, lah. <laughs> Fuck, lah. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. so beautifully set up, no. Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, it is a. If you have time, and even if you don't follow mixed martial arts or what, it's, it's just his his background is interesting. Like he comes from Dagestan, which is part of Russia, and 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 his background was, you know, he's always been brought up to like you know wrestle with bears and stuff like that. And his dad has been a huge figure in his life. And they're not they're not like embarrassed about it. They don't they're not in a way where, you know, in, in our culture like, oh wow, you still talk about your dad, your dad still helps you this and that. That as a family he's still very close. In fact, while he was retiring, he said like he promised his mother that he this would be his last fight. So yeah, this will be his last fight. Lah. And he's not the kind of guy like Conor McGregor to like retire three times and then come back, you know, again. Mm. Just just use retirement as a negotiating tactic. Like. I mean, there's not much more for him to prove other than, than I mean, how many more people would they throw in front of him and then he'll just dismantle them, you know? So, he's, he's 29 and old, right? He's 29 and old. Yeah, he's 29 and old. Of course, it'd be nice if he got to 30 and old. Like. That'd be perfect. Like. And, and a lot of people, there are a few fights that people wanted to see like uh, a second Conor McGregor fight uh, or maybe against Tony Ferguson, someone that he's, he was fixed to fight like five times before but it always fell through because of, of some unlucky circumstance or mm. um, the formerly what, the per- person that a lot of people also think that is the greatest of all time which is uh, George St. Pierre la, GSP yeah, yeah. who is th- yeah. I mean he's 39 years old so it's a bit he will also have to come out of retirement to fight Khabib la, if that would ever happen but again maybe there's no need to to really have to see them fight and to just appreciate that that, that these guys are performing their art at the highest level even during the pandemic. Yeah. Uh. yeah. So that's my one shock thing. Speaking of people performing art at the highest level, yeah. uh, the the next, the new Borat film is actually out. <laughs> have you seen it? Do you know? No, I haven't seen it but I didn't even fucking know there was going to be a second movie. Yeah, he, so, he snuck it on everyone, but is it out already? Because I was looking for it on Netflix like yesterday. I didn't see no, it. No, it's on Amazon, dude. Oh, which Amazon. is a, a sub-shook thing of my one-shook thing this week. Oh. Because, I mean, Sasha Baron Cohen, to me, is like a fucking comedic genius. Like. I mean, yeah. of course, he does stuff that can be polarizing, but to do something in the realm of comedy that is so game-changing, right? When he yeah. With his Borat, Bruno movies, um, and Ali G, it's fucking insane. Like. And 
this this the fact that he's, he has a movie coming out. I think it was supposed to be released earlier in the year, but mm-hmm. uh, they very smartly decided to release like two weeks before the US election, like because yeah. it is um is him in the US. Uh, the full title is Borat Borat subsequent movie film delivery of prodigious prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. That's the name of the movie, like. And mm. I haven't seen it. Um, I do intend to see it. It might be shit. I mean, it got 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty damn good. Uh, yeah. But it also, like, to me, it's so fucking amazing for various reasons. First of all, like, I like I think it's been fairly under wraps until now. Uh, the way they adapted to release it uh, around the time of the presidential election is fucking genius. Mm. The yep, tagline yep. for the movie posters is Wear Mask, Save Life. Yeah. Uh, and it's him with the mask around his crotch like how Borat got famous with that you know that that mankini kind of thing yep, which yep. everything about it is like fuck okay shit happened in the world they adapted Um, and I think I mean the show also sounds like it has evolved from just being Borat making fun of the US now yeah. he brings his daughter so apparently they touch on gender issues and all that mm. which which is just like holy shit this is this is so cool and the other sub show thing is that it's on Amazon lah yeah. I would, I wouldn't, I would, if it was on Netflix, I would just feel like, fuck, hey, Netflix, don't be, don't be a fucking hogger, lah, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's on Amazon, which is, I mean, Amazon as a company has a whole fair share of like controversies and all, but I just like it that here's a show that is causing a lot of buzz that is not on Netflix. Mm. It, and it, but yeah. it's, I just, I just checked that it is on the Singapore Prime, uh, Prime Video app. Yeah, it app, is. La. It so, is, yeah. yeah. Shit, thanks, man. I'm actually going to watch this. Like, Hell yeah, can, man. man. Yeah. Fucking Sarah, Sasha Baron Cohen, fucking genius. Yeah, fucking yeah. awesome. So, yeah, cool. All right, that was a that was a pretty long one. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So, again, keep it up in the Reddit and just keep like keep sending us uh, the love on Reddit. Uh. Yeah, and we'll send up back the love in spurts. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Twice weekly spurts, and of course spurts, mini spurts, mini spurts in our messages, message responses on Instagram and Reddit. Yeah. But yeah, cool. cool. Peace. Peace.